Here we are at another episode of Art of Accomplishment. And before we get started, I know many of you are looking for people to do this work with. And we've created a way for you to find those people. We have several complimentary workshops that give you the opportunity to taste our brand of experiential teachings and meet people who are interested in the same thing. To reserve your spot, visit view.life slash explore or click the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Art of Accomplishment, where we explore how deepening connection with ourselves and others leads to creating the life we want with enjoyment and ease. Welcome back, everybody. The holiday season is in full swing, and it's likely that many of you are gathering with family this week. So today's episode is a family episode, and joining us is Joe's daughter, Esme. Esme was given a school assignment to make a podcast about where she came from by interviewing a person from her family about a meaningful experience in their life. Esme decided to deviate from that task and follow her interest. She wanted to know what it was like for her dad to raise her. When her assignment was complete, Joe asked her if it was all right to make it available to the community and to our listeners. So Esme agreed, and what follows is the touching interview between Esme and her dad, Joe. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for coming on to the podcast, Dad. I really appreciate it. Of um, course. <laughs> I'd love, I love spending time with you in any way that I can. <laughs> appreciate it. Yeah. Um, wait, 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 wait. I think we should tell everybody what's your day. What's the day today? It's my birthday. <laughs> it's your birthday. Congratulations. Yes. And he wow. took me out to, out to breakfast. It was delicious. I'm glad. It was a, it was a breakfast place that we that you've been going to since you were like one year old when mom needed mm-hmm. to sleep, I would carry you there. And we haven't been in years. It was, it was such a great idea that you had to go there. Thank you for that. It was really nice to be back. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you. Yeah, go ahead. What is it? How, how would you describe the work that you do? What, what is it in your words? <laughs> the work that, oh, I mean, the world calls it coaching, you know, so that's what, if you need to explain it to somebody, that's the way I would explain it is my dad's a, a whatever, an executive coach. Um, but the work, the way I would describe the work is on an intellectual level, we're teaching people to be kind to themselves with, you know, uh, have a relationship with the voice in their head that is gentle and kind and eventually just dissipates on the um, emotional level. And the work that I do is all about emotional fluidity. It's about allowing people to fall in love with all of their emotions and mm-hmm. and find the genius in all of their emotional experiences and not to avoid them. And then on a nervous system level, it's all about helping people feel safe and loved. So that, I that's, mean, that's a short, yeah, thanks. I appreciate hearing how you describe it because I never know exactly what to say when people ask. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. <laughs> I remember one time we were, I was at some uh, conference and um, I was with a friend who does similar work and somebody, everybody asked, you know, what do you do at these conferences? And his response was, I help people, how to, I help people die at, at, in peace. <laughs> that was oh his gosh. response. Which I think, that's one way of putting which, uh, it. <laughs> that's one way of putting it. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Um, okay. So I grew up around this work. And yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and around a lot of people going through big emotions and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. 
I was wondering what what was it like to raise a kid in that environment? It's a very welcoming, open environment and raising kids is not it's not easy. So how was it to have that community surrounding you while you raised me? It made it easier. I mean the 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 last part of your question about how was it to have a community around you was you know there's a when you do this kind of work on yourself, there's just more love and peace and joy and freedom. And so we've been really fortunate because since that's how we are, that's what we attract. And so there's most of the people who spend time in the house that you got to hear work, do the work, either doing work with us or vice versa. You know, they're just loving, caring, playful, fun, joyful individuals. So I think on that level, it was just amazing. Um, And I think there's also something that you're asking me, which is, I would say, I would reverse it, which is, I would say raising you was, um, I'm going to get, I'm going to have emotions. (laughs) I can feel myself welling up. Raising you Mm -hmm. was like the work, meaning like there is a way in which all the work that we'd done up until you were born was, you know, it was like, it was, I, I don't want to say in the head cause it wasn't, but it was, it wasn't practical. It wasn't real world. It wasn't, you know, you could fool yourself. You could sit on a, a meditation pillow and fool yourself. But if you're raising a kid, you can't fool yourself. Like if you get all frustrated yeah. at an infant, you, you know, so, so the main thing I would say is that, for me, you were you and your sister were one of the greatest teachers that I've ever had, and 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 I, I w- luckily we found things like hand in hand parenting and simplicity in parenting, which helped us, you know, help guide us. But for me, that was you know the most important work that I ever did was was raising you for for my own freedom, for my own joy, for your own joy. Yeah. Yeah, you can't you can't yeah. fool yourself when you have two <laughs> two kids as results. You can't, yeah, you can't fool yourself like if you're frustrated with your kid, you know, or if you're, you know, you 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 were born with colic and you would just yell for like four or five hours every night. It was brutal, right? Like, like you can right. pretend you're at peace, you can pretend you're awake, you know, but <laughs> you got to deal you with that. Yell that. Yeah. yeah, how long can exactly. you be patient? How patient are you really? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, But I would say, but to answer your question directly, what was it like? I mean, it was interesting. There was definitely moments like, I remember you were seven years old, I think maybe eight. And there was somebody on the couch doing the work with mom or I. And and you would do things like yell from the other room, just let it in or stop being defensive, stop resisting. You would like, you, you, cause you would, I, I'm pretty confident you can tell me you would like listen at the door and you would want to know oh, yeah. about these conversations. I would listen yeah. to the whole, I would listen to the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And occasionally you couldn't help yourself. You just like yell at the person, which was always disarming as heck for the person who was like, Oh wow. The, the, the nine-year-old in the other room gets it. And I'm pretending I don't, you know, that was, so, the, so that part yeah. was really cool. That part mm-hmm. was really cool. And also it was really cool to see the other thing that's been really interesting is to watch you like you're 16 now and on 17. one level, it's my birthday. 17. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you're 17 <laughs> now. And, 
<laughs> and, uh, and you're, and you're, um, and you're very 17 in many, many ways. And then there's another way where you're very not 17, right? Where, where there's a, some, there's some ways in which you have an emotional understanding or an understanding of the voice in your head. That is, I know tons and tons of adults that don't have it. And so that's been really interesting too, because it's, it like on one level you've, I've watched you mature differently than other people you know, folks in your community. And I've seen both the stress of that and, and the, the, on you and also yeah. the joy of that for you. So that's been an interesting thing to, to know, to know that we were raising you so different from society that there was going to be challenges for you as you grew up and still choosing yeah. to do that. Yeah. I'm really grateful for them, but it is, there's challenges to it. How have you, yeah. how have you seen, you know, being brought up differently than other kids and being brought up with an emotional understanding that isn't common in society. How have you seen that impact the way I navigate the world emotionally, especially as a teenager? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll tell you a couple early stories and then I'll see the teenage story. So the, the early stories were things like, you know, you were really interested in doing a silent retreat when you were nine, you know, cause you knew about my meditation and everything. And uh, as you know, we looked all over to find somebody who would let you do a silent retreat with me. And we luckily, you know, we had friends in Tennessee who ran a retreat center. So we did a silent retreat there. And one, one cute story that I want to tell is like, at the end of it, I was like, <laughs> I was like, Hey, so what was your favorite part? It was like three and a half days, right. Of silence. And, and you said, I think it was the asylum. No, it was the fact that you couldn't tell me what to do for three and a half days. <laughs> oh, I remember that actually. <laughs> I ate so much banana bread. So much banana bread. Oh, you did. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing is at the end of it, you know, you said, oh, dad, I know what a metaphor is now, which is interesting because cognitively huh. you weren't supposed to know what a metaphor was at whatever it was, nine years old. Like it's not something that you're brain is supposed to get yet as far as development. And so, th but the reason I tell that story is because when you came home, it was like, I don't know, two or three weeks later, you said, um, I don't want to do meditation anymore. It's making me too different um, from my friends. Mm -hmm. And so I remember when that happened. Yeah. yeah. What was that? What, what, what was the, yeah. What was the event that triggered that? Um, I remember being in school and my teacher, who had known that I went because I missed school for it, I believe, she asked me, she said, how was the silent meditation retreat? And I got made fun of by uh. all of my friends. Yeah. And I wanted, I was interested in having a conversation about how I felt with my teacher after the meditation retreat, but I didn't yeah. feel safe enough in that environment to share because I thought to I would share. be bullied for, for having that experience. Oh, that's yeah. fascinating. I mean, I, I was somehow, in third grade. <laughs> right. Everything I somehow, like meditation was woo-woo, right? Right. I somehow thought it was like that you were seeing that you saw the world too differently. I didn't know it was about being bullied. Um, I well, probably would have treated it differently. Well, I think it was about being bullied and also because, I mean, growing up, whenever there's a conflict between two two kids in school, I was always the mediator. The teacher would bring me in and I would 
mediate because we always yeah. got through conflict way quicker. Yeah. And I think I, I think I realized like being the mediator, it was fun and it was interesting to watch people, you know, work through conflicts and everything, but it was making me feel like separated from my class because, yeah, I, you know, being around that type of work, it's hard to understand if you weren't raised that way. Yeah. I mean, that, I remember that was the second story I was going to tell from your childhood was that that was the, the moment that you were like, you really liked doing that work for a very short period of time. And then you were like, no, I don't like it. It, it creates too much separation between me and the other kids. And, and, and I remember us supporting you like, yeah, just tell the teacher you don't want to do that. Don't, don't do that anymore. Like be a kid. And yeah. And so that was it. So those moments, those were like the tough moments. The the non-tough moments are like right now, you and I are doing a podcast. You haven't, you know, I don't think ever done a podcast before, recorded yourself before. You, you know, I gave you a couple pointers. You figured out the technology. Here you are doing it. And you're not self-conscious. You're, you and I are just sitting here having a conversation and so mm-hmm. that's the positive stuff, right? The positive stuff is that you're very self-possessed. You're incredibly confident. You um, have a high standard for who your friends are. You have a high standard for any kind of love interest. You are incredibly open and honest with me about everything that you um, do. Or, uh, I would assume not everything, but uh, I mean, more than most, most things, kids. honestly. Most yeah. things, yeah, right. <laughs> and... Um, and we have like very forthright conversations and I, I just enjoy your company and I'm not worried about you um, doing you know, things that are going to get you in trouble or that, where I'd have to worry about you. I feel just very confident in your capacity overall. And it feels like now that you're a teenager, the only, really the only pointers I'm giving you are kind of adult skills right? The only feel like the only thing I feel like my job left to do is to teach you like, okay, here's a, here's how you get a really big project done. Here's how you deal with, you know, people dismissing you. Here's how you deal with, you know, social politics, et cetera. Like just we're, and we get to talk about adult lessons and that besides that, it's just like a lot of love and connection. And so now it feels really great. And I still think that, you know, finding, You'll find great people, but you're not going to have the capacity. I think the older you get, the the more persnickety you're going to be around the quality of folks that you surround yourself by. I think you'll still respect and love people, but I think it's going to get more picky for you about who you actually want to spend time with. Yeah. That's the thing that's a little hard on my heart is that there's not a community of people who are raised like you who can you know be with you in that way. It is sometimes a little bit lonely to yeah. not feel like I'm being met on the same level of connection that I want to meet people with. Yeah. I yeah. There's some people, though, who I found, which is really nice. They can meet <laughs> yeah. me on that level. I'm, yeah. I'm the most grateful I was, I, for I, that I, aspect, too. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. I was finishing Groundbreakers last time. Yeah. You know, sometimes you say something where like it just it just like lays flat in the room, and uh, right. those are yeah. usually my favorite things that I've said. <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> but there's a group of people, and somebody somebody asked, "Why do you do this?" And I said, "I do this because 
through Groundbreakers, there's a there, we're creating an environment where a whole bunch of people can accept all the love that I want to give. Hmm. And 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 that there's truth to that. There's also truth to like I, I have a I take a great pleasure in helping folks lead the life that they want to lead. Um, but it, it it was like to some degree, even I think your mom and I do this work so that we can create an environment where there's that much love and openness that creates a community around us with that much love and openness. I mean, it created a community around me. We have Mina Lee and so yeah. many others who I don't think we'd ever be in connection with if it wasn't for the work. It really, yeah. it's allowed us to find really amazing, beautiful people. It's true. Yeah. yeah. We're really, really blessed that way. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Dad. I oh, I do have one more, actually, that I'm really curious to know the answer to. Yeah. I, I'm wondering that how you see me navigate difficult situations, especially emotional situations, with the knowledge of, well, or just like being raised around people who are okay diving into really uncomfortable emotional situations and talking through them and working through them instead of building up those emotions and getting resentful and stuff like that. How, yeah. how do you see me navigate difficult situations with that prior knowledge? Yeah. I, I would say in 90% of all things, I see you navigate it without trying, you know, I, I see you, um, interact with whatever social politics or gamesmanship that's happening or with teachers, especially with adults, especially you seem to just be able to meet them where they are and to stay in yourself and allow the emotions to be smooth. I mean, just the other night, I remember you were having a hard time and I was saying something to, to comfort you, I think. And, maybe make you feel better. I was definitely on that edge where we, we don't particularly like going and you were looked at me and you're like, dad, I just need to be sad. You don't need to take care of that. And it was like, wow, you know, like that's your level of understanding. I remember also like the first time you broke up with a boyfriend, you know, when you came to the car where I was picking you up and you held my hand and you were crying and you said, dad, you always taught me that heartbreak helps your capacity or helps you helps you love the allowing heartbreak helps you love but you never told me it could feel so good and there's moments like that where it's just like i mean i feel so grateful and and dumbfounded by your capacity where i see you still struggle with kind of with that emotional that emotional fluidity is where you don't feel capable where some adult tries to make you small in a project that you care about, or um, there's a class where you have a teacher who doesn't know how to meet you and, and you start feeling like you're not capable of the class instead of feeling like, oh, the teacher isn't capable of teaching me the way I need to be taught. And, and you start to get hard on yourself. Like you don't want to find out that you might fail or, or like you don't want to have to confront this aspect of you that's like, not capable or, or feels helpless or something. So there's something there and it's, and it's the only place I see you. It's the only place I see you kind of um, shy away from a difficult emotional experience. And, but in all other places I see, and I think it's totally natural. So there's no criticism in that, but, 
and any other way that I see you, um, I just see you lean right into the difficult emotion with friends and, and with family, with friends around the table. Yeah. And, and I see that you laugh a tremendous amount. Like there's so much joy and laughter in you. And to me, that's like the, that biggest sign, you know, I have that quote that joy is the matriarch of a family of emotions and she won't come into a house where her children aren't welcome. And so when I see the level of joy that you get to, that you bring into life, not fake niceness, not fake happiness, but just like natural, easeful joy, that's really the sign. And I see that as long as you're getting some exercise and eating pretty well, <laughs> I just see that. <laughs> I just see that as like your, it's like your natural, most, most authentic state. So that's, that's really cool to see that. I feel so seen by you right now. <laughs> uh, I really like seeing you. It is. A, I'm so, a I'm so joy. beyond grateful to be seen by my dad. You know? mm. Yeah. I'm so grateful yeah. for our relationship. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am crying. Yes, I I, <laughs> I can't even begin to tell you. Yeah. Yeah, I love you deeply and I remember when I was um I remember when you were young and I was not so, you know, mom was amazing with you when you were younger and I was definitely not capable and um she was teaching me and we were learning and, but she, she somehow knew where we were supposed to go. And I was somehow didn't take long for me to let her lead us. And, um, but I remember, you know, the older folks, folks my age now would be like, Oh, you're going to hate it when they leave. And I'd be like, what are you talking about? I, I mean, just get me a good night's sleep. <laughs> like, right. What are you saying? <laughs> and now I'm just like, why I, it, it, it is, I think it'll be the biggest heartbreak of my life. You, you and your sister leaving the house, you know, I, it, I just so enjoy your company and obviously it has to happen. And it's just, <laughs> it's just going to be, <laughs> uh, there's going to be a lot of crying in our house when you guys go. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to call you up and be like, dad, I have I this, I have this thing. I need to process. <laughs> I hope so. I hope I'm that lucky. Yeah. Awesome. All right, dear. Thank you for coming on. Is that it? I, yeah, I think that covers it. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Of course. Thanks for listening to The Art of Accomplishment. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please subscribe and rate us in your podcast app. We'd love your feedback, so feel free to send us questions or comments. You can reach out to us, join our newsletter, or check out our courses at artofaccomplishment.com.